Hello, you're listening to Second on the Mount, a podcast of sermons from Second Presbyterian Church on Mountain Avenue in Roanoke, Virginia. My name is Elizabeth Link, and I'm the executive pastor. I am so glad you are here. We are delighted to host the Reverend Millie Snyder to our pulpit this past Sunday. Millie is the executive pastor at Myers Park Presbyterian Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, and she gave us permission to share her words with you. Millie is with us at Second this week as our evening vacation Bible school speaker. I know her sermon will have meaning for you as it does for me. Please rate and review if you enjoy. May the Spirit have some word for you in what we have to share. I want to thank you for welcoming me to Second Presbyterian Church. I'm grateful for the invitation, for the opportunity to be with you this morning and in the evenings of this week at Vacation Bible School. I hope to meet many of you and get to know you. You have such strong pastoral leadership in George and Elizabeth and Ben that I am honored to be invited into the pulpit, so thank you. Let us pray together. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your word given to us, the words of Scripture and the living word, Jesus Christ. So by the power of your Spirit, illumine your word that we might understand and be shaped for faithfulness. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So let us listen together for God's word to us from the Gospel of Luke. We're listening to chapter 14. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. Then Jesus said to them, Someone gave a great dinner and invited many. At the time for the dinner, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I've bought a piece of land and I must go out and see it. Please accept my apologies. Another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to try them out. Please accept my apologies. Another said, I've just been married and therefore I cannot come. So the slave returned and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and said to his slave, Go out at once into the streets and the lanes of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And the slave said, Sir, what you ordered has been done and and there's still room. Then the master said to the slave, Go out into the roads and lanes and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those who were invited will taste my dinner. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to begin with a confession. It's a pastor's temptation and a pastor's sin, though I'm sure it's something that George and Elizabeth and Ben would never do. But I've heard from time to time of pastors using scripture passages as a way to scold their members. As a matter of fact, sometimes they intentionally choose a scripture to weaponize it to make a point. Can you imagine? 
And there was a time when a young clergywoman chose this parable that we just heard with this sort of dangerous ulterior motive. She was leading the elders of her congregation, the session, on a retreat. She was particularly frustrated with them because they weren't following through on all their elder responsibilities. They weren't showing up when they were assigned to do things. The church just didn't seem to be the priority in their lives she thought it should be. So she had this brilliant, yet likely evil idea that she would read this parable and invite them into a long, extended time of silent reflection, inviting them to consider who they are in this story. I know how this unfolded because I was that clergywoman. We were on retreat at a lovely venue, and I read the scripture in our morning time of worship. I invited the elders into a time of silence, encouraging them to go on a peaceful walk or sit by the lake or listen to the birds and reflect, who are you in this story? I knew or thought I knew, that these were the excuse makers who didn't come to the great dinner. They had to go see that piece of land. They had to try out the oxen. They just got married. They had to go to a soccer game. They were out of town for a family birthday. They had an important work meeting come up at the last minute. Excuse makers. So as they enjoyed their quiet time, I sat back basking in my scriptural brilliance. At the given time, we all returned to our meeting room and sat in our circle. I invited them to share their thoughts with the group. Who were they in the parable? I could hardly wait. They were quiet. I was quiet. They stared at the floor. I looked around the circle, waiting for someone to begin the confession. And then someone spoke. I think I might be like the event planner in charge of this dinner. And I thought we had a plan. We had a guest list. We decided on the menu. We figured out the seating chart. We'd done all of the calligraphy place cards. The flower arrangements were beautiful. And then the entire plan changed. And I'm completely frazzled trying to do my best when nothing is what I expected it to be. Well, okay, that wasn't the answer I was going for. Then another elder spoke up. I think I'm one of the guests who weren't on God's A-list. I was one of those last ones pulled in off the street to eat at the dinner. I've never felt worthy to be an elder. I've always felt kind of out of place. I, I feel like an imposter. And I don't want anyone to know I'm not as good or smart or spiritual as all the rest of you. I mean, I don't know much about the Bible, and I don't know if I'm ever going to understand being Presbyterian. (laughs) Not the answer I was going for. And then an elder said, I figured it out. I figured out I'm one of the slaves in this story. I think we all are. We're like slaves who serve our master God, and God has given us a stack of invitations and sent us out into the world to hand them out. And every time we come back empty-handed, God replenishes the supply and sends us back out. 
uh, out to everyone over and over again until everybody's invited. So that's how I understand it. I'm called to hand out the invitations to the party. That's not what I expected. But God surprised me that day with answers I didn't expect and taught me a little bit about the danger of using Scripture as a weapon to scold the church. I'm still tempted from time to time, but I try to pause and pray before I make that move. God surprised me with answers I had never seen in this story, reminding me that the beauty of a parable is that they are rich with possibility and abundant with transforming truth. They can never be reduced to the moral of the story, some kind of simplistic lesson. Parables open up new ways of thinking and invite us into the story. God surprised me that day with a new understanding of the mission of the church. Sharing the good news of Jesus Christ is about handing out invitations. God's throwing a fabulous party, a great dinner, a party of abundant, joyful, hopeful life. A party of welcome and forgiveness, a party of new life and reconciliation. And we've each been given this stack of invitations and called to hand them out with wild abandon to every person we meet. Now, perhaps Jesus told this parable as a way to remind his listeners that their seat at the table was a privilege to be thankful for. It's a gift and not something to take for granted. Perhaps he told them this parable to teach his listeners to welcome whoever shows up in God's kingdom. Perhaps he told this story to inspire them to go on God's behalf into the world. We're not called to make the guest list. We're not called to choose who gets a seat and who doesn't. We're not called to argue with anyone who chooses not to come or to waste our time complaining about their excuses, their priorities. We're not called to become bouncers at the banquet door, checking the guest list, looking at IDs, confirming names. We're not called to act like chaperones at the middle school dance either, monitoring the dress code requirements and watching for bad behavior. We're called to hand out invitations to the great party of God, the dinner of God's kingdom. I wonder what that would look like for you. Is it sliding over in the pew to make room for someone new? Maybe somebody who got here a little late? Is it stopping yourself before you glare at the family with the wiggly, noisy child? Is it inviting a coworker who's a single parent to join you on Sunday night for a parenting group while their children participate in the kids' fellowship with your children? Is it giving a ride to somebody who used to be here every week and just can't get here anymore? Is it framing a house for a new homeowner with Habitat for Humanity or tutoring a child in the West End or greeting patients at the Bradley Free Clinic? Is it introducing yourself to the new neighbors and inviting them to join you next Sunday for worship? I wonder how it would shape 
our understanding of faithfulness, if we saw ourselves as servants who've been given a stack of invitations, maybe a fresh stack every morning. It's kind of fun to invite people to a party, especially when they don't think they would be included. You don't have to know every Bible story. You don't have to understand every theological concept. You don't even have to spell Presbyterian. You aren't expected to show off your spiritual success by praying some elaborate prayer or teaching the perfect Bible study. It's just about inviting and welcoming. It's about crossing the boundaries between the inside and the outside. Crossing the boundaries between ability and disability. Crossing the boundaries between abundance and need. It's about crossing boundaries to go into the streets and the lanes and hand out invitations. Think back to the servants of God who gave you invitations into faithfulness. It might be a parent or a grandparent who took you to church, a warm, safe lap to snuggle in during worship. It might be a youth leader or a Sunday school teacher who encouraged you when you felt down. It might be the friend who invited you to a Bible study or to go on a church retreat. You're probably here because in one way or another, a whole slew of people have given you invitations to the party. And we give thanks for all those saints, all those servants, with stacks of invitations who've included us, who've welcomed us, who've loved us. So now we're called to hand out invitations to the great dinner of God's kingdom. The risen Lord Jesus Christ will be the host. He will greet every guest at the door. We're here because we've known his welcome. Thanks be to God for surprising us with answers we don't expect to teach us what faithfulness might look like. Thanks be to God for the generous welcome of Jesus Christ that includes you and even me, the sinful pastor. Fill the house of God. Fill it up with people, all sorts of people longing to be loved and included. May the Spirit equip us, empower us, and send us out with our invitations. So now let us go. Let us go into the streets and the lanes, for there are people to invite. Amen. Second Presbyterian, finding direction by following Jesus.